is up everybody welcome to a fanboy and a know-it-all talk pop culture i'm jake roberson i'm paul Acey. we are joined today by dave minkus did i say your name right dave dave minkus wow yeah dude you're you're selling me too too hard too hard (laughs) no i didn't call you legendary well no because you don't know him as well as i do yeah no dave is truly a legend in his own mind in his own mind Yeah. yeah well yes most yeah uh, no, he's a, he's he is a podcaster extraordinary he knows how to do some of this stuff better than we do for sure i'm i, I know and and he's got some cool exciting things on tap i think in the future is that right Dave? We're, we're gonna let him talk about that in a second paul but first we're gonna tell all of our awesome listeners oh. who don't care what any of us have to say about dave or ourselves we're gonna tell them that today we're gonna be doing a nerd battle dave and i are gonna be duking it out over vid angel which is a movie streaming filtering service that uh, is encountering some legal trouble. We're also... That's such a nice way to put that. (laughs) We're also going to be uh, celebrating the launch of Mystery Science Theater 3000. I'm so excited. Of course, it already launched by now. Right. We're recording this the day before it hits Netflix queues. I'm super excited. Uh, By the time you're listening to this, it will be in your queues. You'll probably have binged the entire thing. But we're going to talk about the top movies that we want to see rift and dragged through the mud by Mystery Science Theater 3000. But before that, Dave, tell us a little bit about yourself so that we can make fun of you mercilessly. Oh, by all means. I deserve it. It's all good. Um, my name's Dave. Hello, everybody. Um, I used to be a podcaster. I'm not, I kind of am. I will be again someday. I uh, started many, many moons ago around 2005 or so doing the uh, podcast for firstshowing.net in its first year in creation, then branched off and did my own thing with my good friends, Josh and Barry over at screengeeks.com. Uh, did that for about six or seven years, taking a break. And I'm, uh, I, I have a new idea and I'm putting it together and it's, it's, it, would you say it's controversial? Yeah, I would say okay. that. Or, or provocative. Well, I, I, or both, or a little bit of both. It it might be offensive to some, but <laughs> offend away. I did call it Godsploitation, so there is that. The, the website is Godsploitation dot com. If you go there, there's nothing there yet because I'm doing all kinds of deep dives to publish some really cool stuff. I'm going to be working with Paul some on as well. Um, looking at Christianity and how it's treated in film. I tried launching something yeah. called God and Geek at one point that was like geek culture and Christian culture, and I have a kid and a family, and there's not enough time in the world to do all that. Oh. So broad. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much. So I, I, having grown up in the evangelical movement, gone to, you know, Jack Hayford's church back in LA way back in the day, gone to, you know, new life out in the Springs for a long time. I've been steeped in Christian culture and I've seen that so much of it sucks that there's so (laughs) much Jesus junk out there. But as I was talking with Paul, it's kind of interesting because there are a lot of films that aren't that great that come out of whatever you want to call the Christian media complex while films that are like nominated for best picture like the tree of life or last year's silence go vastly ignored by the church and kind of want to look at that's my first project is looking at how faith films have gone through the past 50 years how they've hit the cultural zeitgeist what has what hasn't why it has or why it hasn't and gonna have some fun along the way i'm tempted to do kind of a riff tracks version of like you know the thief in the night movies oh Oh, that could be interesting never seen those yeah, I just remember my mom telling me she was terrified by them in her youth. So, I, I tell never, you what, I they were a huge them. deal back in the day. Yeah, no, it yes. sounds it sounds really interesting. And to tell you the truth, I think that a lot of people would be really interested in by what you have to say because I think there's sort of an understanding that Christian movies, although there can be good ones, are generally not all that great, and. There's some great movies that have some spiritual themes that you're absolutely right are just completely ignored um, for for one reason or another. And I think sort of unpacking that will be a really cool thing. Hey, whenever you talk Hellboy, let me in on that bad boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely will. Well, and part of it is also challenging my own preconceptions and my own BS, for lack of a better term. By the way, thanks so much for having me on. I'm so proud to be on your first Explicit Tags episode. I'm just getting it out of the way now for... <laughs> Whatever I drop, whatever, and I'm sorry. But like, there are films I really don't like. Like, God's Not Dead is a film that I vastly dislike. But I also need to challenge myself and say, is there something of artistic and spiritual merit in there? 
And so I, I, it's going to be a very interesting journey for me. It's not just going to be me preaching and being like, if you believe, if you agree with me, great. If not, get out. It's very much going to be a, a place for dialogue. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right. And speaking of dialogue, it's time to dive into our Rank Geeks that segment this week. I already previewed it. We're doing Mystery Science Theater 3000. So to set this up, for those of you that don't know, we're going to go, each of us, we're going to deliver our top three picks for what we would like to see Mystery Science Theater 3000 tackle. And I'm interested to see how Dave and Paul yeah. came at this because I had I actually put together my list first and then I realized, wait a second, I picked I picked all these like big block like blockbuster flops. It's like Mystery Science Theater doesn't really do that. So I went back and totally revamped my list to be all B movies that hopefully Mystery Science Theater could actually do. So that's how I went about it. I'm interested to see what you guys brought to it. All right. And, um, and we're all doing our list I was up order, until right? 1 a.m. You were such a liar. I was up until – no, I'm not even lying. I was up until 1 a.m. on my iPad last night, like looking at all the bad movies I've ever watched. Well, I feel bad because I made this up in about <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> Me too. You're, you're not alone. You're not alone at all. All right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll go – we'll kind of go in a circle here starting at number three and um, guess first, Dave. So what's your – third number three on your list so really there are two kind of movies that you can have that are going to be on this list that i wish mst3k would tackle they're the movies that are just like so classically bad like the room or troll 2 or birdemic and then they're the movies that are just so awful that you can't watch them without a riff track type of commentary <laughs> like i don't know if you've ever tried to watch man as the hand of fate without a commentary you can't so my number oh i just I, bought that movie oh, i just I'm bought so that sorry. movie so I'm going to I'll I'll test that. Paul was like trying to get people to go to like a theater screening of Manos. Yeah, good yeah. luck with that. So my my <laughs> one is firmly in that classic camp. Um, but although it's it's a bit of a lesser known film, it's it is Sir John Cena in The Marine from 2006. He's such a knightly guy. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like how there are two kinds of Mark Wahlberg movies. There's a Sir Mar Mark Wahlberg movie like The Departed, and then there's a Marky Mark movie like Shooter. So, so <laughs> th this is good. The beautiful thing about the the Marine is that it is an over-the-top, goofy, dumb action movie. Everyone knows this. The, guy who, the, the lady who plays his wife knows it. Robert Patrick knows it. He's just sleepwalking through this thing. Everyone knows except John Cena, who has the most <laughs> earnest performance ever. And this is kind of a shout-out to my buddy Marty, who he used to be – he worked at the Arclight in L.A., and whenever he was having a bad day, he'd go in and watch like five, ten minutes of the movie on his break, get a fantastic laugh, and be able to go on with his day just fine. So it is a movie begging for this kind of treatment. <laughs> he really does. He's super serious in that movie. I actually went and saw that I can't that believe one. you saw it. I went and saw it in theaters with a buddy back in high school because why I, I had money to spend then, I guess. Uh, and you know what? We didn't hate it. It was bad, but he was so into it, and he was such a – he was – yeah. He was he had the committed. courage. Yeah. He had he the courage committed. of his convictions. Yeah. You know? The part where he's screaming into the to the police car, this is John Triton, they've taken my wife, they're bad guys, blah blah blah, and he runs off. He runs away before the dispatcher could be like, Who the heck's John Triton? <laughs> it's amazing. Where are you? Can you give us some clues? He's like, No, I'm just gonna go kill everyone. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm gonna destroy the bayou. Oh, I may have to see this movie. <laughs> All right, Paul. Okay. Number right. three on Paul's list. Number three, a movie that I just reviewed, as a matter of fact, the Christian movie Slamma Jamma. Oh my gosh. Did I already say on this podcast that I actually heard that there was a Christian movie about like dunk contests yes. being made called Slamma Jamma? Yep. And this I didn't it. believe it. Yeah. I was like, hashtag fake news. And, no. and then no, all of a sudden I was like, oh no, it's real. Yeah, no, it's it's totally real. And it is totally fantastic. It is Oh, my goodness. I seriously thought while I was sitting there for, for 10 minutes, I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. This is a comedy. You hardly ever see any Christian comedies. <laughs> but it was not. It was not a comedy at all. Um, you know, the, the main character has these cool flashbacks where he's he's wearing this very impressive wig that that 
is clearly <laughs> a wig. It's like they took one of those painted clown wigs and then they just spray painted that's, it that's black. Exactly <laughs> right. That's a, that's a great comparison. He was thrown into prison apparently, but no one's really sure for what. Like what he was thrown in prison. That's for pretty realistic, was. though. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happens all the time in real life. <laughs> that could be. Yeah. So it, it's really quite the treat. It's really quite the treat. Is it like an iced tea at the beginning of Leprechaun in the Hood kind of bad wig or? Oh, you know what? You just have to see it. It's it is like it is like eight year old on Halloween badwig is what it is. I'm in. And yeah, it's it's pretty tremendous actually. All right, Jake, you're up. All right, guys, for uh, my third, this is one I've not seen yet. But let me just read. to You, you. haven't seen it. it no, can't no, no. Be on your list. I haven't seen it. But let me just read to you the plot according to Wikipedia, and you will see why it is on my <laughs> list and why I cannot wait. For Mystery Science Theater to do it. In fact, I predict that it's probably going to be one of the 14. All right. The movie is called Deathbed, The Bed oh, That yeah. Eats. <laughs> I thought it was Deathbed, that eat, The Bed That Eats People. Uh, no, Patton Oswalt actually said that wrong. Okay. He did say okay. that, but he got that wrong. It, though it does eat people. That's just not in the title. So long ago, a demon fell in love with a woman and conjured up a bed on which to make love to her. Okay. why? Do you, so let's just stop right there. <laughs> Why did he need to conjure up a bed? <laughs> There's lots of beds around, but okay, I, I digress. The woman died during the act. Surprise, surprise. In his grief, the demon wept tears of blood. Heresy, only Jesus weeps tears of blood. <laughs> Those tears fell on the blood and on the bed, <laughs> caused it to come to life. But the demon sleeps. When he's asleep, the bed's evil is contained, but once every 10 years, he wakes up giving the bed the power to physically eat human beings. Only one man, an artist identified as Aubrey Beardsley, was spared. <laughs> as the bed condemned him to immortality behind a painting where he must forever witness the bed taking victims. You know, I'm totally changing my name to Aubrey Beardsley now. I love that. That's awesome. That's pretty great. I mean, I cannot wait for Mystery Science Theater to do this yeah. movie. That was that sort of reminds me of a movie that that my friend and I back when I was in high school always <laughs> wanted to see. It was called The Lift, and it just had this picture of this elevator door crushing somebody's oh, head, yeah. and the tagline was "The stairs, the stairs, by God, <laughs> take the stairs." It was uh, pretty great. Oh my okay. goodness! It's on Amazon for streaming. I'm watching it this weekend. Okay, sorry, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> I'm so glad we're already influencing people's oh media goodness. decisions. Yeah. But Especially I mean, seriously, this way. worst way. This is so antithetical to what I do most days. Uh, okay, all right. doesn't so, it feel good? Uh, all right, Dave, you're up next. <laughs> Dave, yes, yes. my number two. Year number two. So I said the good movies that have it coming. Sometimes the movies that have no business being watched, unless there's this kind of commentary. There is nothing. Well, I take it back. Maybe the happening by I'm not Shyamalan, but I chose 2010's <laughs> The Last Airbender because. That movie was an atrocity from top to bottom. Another Shyamalan. Another Shyamalan movie. Yeah, that's the, I sense a trend here. No, 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 no. It's just, it's just, that's the only Shyamalan movie that, that's going to be on there. But I remember being, <laughs> at, watching this with my wife just in slack jawed horror at how bad this movie was, especially juxtaposed with how good the anime is. The anime was great. And you hit this point where someone, I think it was Dev Patel says something and said, Oh, that's supposed to be funny. And that's the closest we got to a laugh or anything that entire movie. Like that movie needs to go away. I can't believe you actually watched that whole movie. My wife and I were huge fans of the cartoon of the an the anime. Sorry, not the cartoon. The anime. Either or, it's uh, okay. You can say the same thing. <laughs> I guess I'll be appropriate here in my know it allness. Um, <laughs> we watched it. We loved it. It's critically acclaimed. It's great. We heard the movie wasn't great, but we got it. You know, at Redbox, we didn't make it five minutes before we turned it off. Which for me is crazy. I am a completionist. I will watch everything start to finish. That's true. I and even if that. my wife doesn't want to watch it start to finish, I will like come back to it because I'm I'm like a sadist or something. Um, or a masochist. I don't remember which of those is. Masochist. Which. There we go. Yeah. Masochist. Um, and I could not watch that movie. I could not make it past five minutes in that movie. It is so bad. The CGI, the acting, the writing. It's terrible. Oh, Jake, I've got Jake. movies I need to bring you. I've got movies I need to bring down for you. I, I will challenge you, sir. Uh, atrocious. But atrocious. I agree. That would be a great one. That was actually on my list before I revamped Made your it. short list? Yeah. Glad so. right. I could right. help pick up the slack. Yeah. Okay. So my next movie is a little bit higher budget than some of the ones we've talked about thus far. I have Suicide Squad oh, as my number two. Yeah, it is. 
the more I think about it, and honestly, I don't think about it that much, but, <laughs> I but you think about I, it all the time. All the time. I just think about all those weird. Dave, can't you see Paul? He seems like a Harley Quinn kind of guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just think about that witch, the witch in her changing <laughs> outfit and She's like hula hooping yeah, she's to like so... conjure metal into the sky. Yeah, and those weird thuggy type of things in the background fighting. What it's were just they? it's just a terrible, terrible movie. It, it it is a movie that feels like it, it feels like a total B movie, right? Only they spend a hundred fifty gazillion dollars to make it. Which would make it even more interesting for the for the MST3K folks to riff on, I think. Yeah. I mean, so outside I, of Harley, Deadshot, and Amanda Waller, like the rest of the movie is a wreck, and I don't want to watch it again. But there, you, you are kind of right because like the rest of the plot and the villain and stuff is something that should have been like in the Phantom Two starring Billy Zane, and it just <laughs> it it just it's so bad. It could it's be good, so but do bad. I want to put myself through watching that again? <laughs> It's so strange. Well, I, I mean, well, even it Amanda, off so even well, Amanda, though. well, it, how? The, how? I, th- I thought the, <laughs> I thought, I thought the first third of the movie was decent. No, 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 you're wrong. The setup where you're introduced to the characters is okay. It's passable. No, no, you're, you're you can totally introduce to each guy three times. So yeah, it's still they, good. It's still, it was no, interesting. And, and even Amanda Waller, even though she's played by my favorite all time actress, I think that she's awesome, but she she sets this whole thing up where she creates this team of terrible people, but the main terrible person in it is part of her team. No, and the main just... terrible person is her. Uh, that's that, <laughs> which is, is exactly dead on for the character. She's dead on yeah. perfect. Yeah, Viola Davis is. She can make anything work except for Amanda Waller in this that movie. Uh. No, see, I I still think that the first third of that movie is a passable superhero movie, and could have been interesting had they actually like left it about the Joker tracking down Harley Quinn. Oh, no, that was terrible. Guys, the Joker this, this could have been, been good. The, the Joker should have been gone from the entire no. movie. He was one of the worst things in that whole it's movie. The, it's, that it's the portrait of a, of a domestic abuse relationship. You can't uh, say well, it was a good exactly. relationship. That is their relationship. All right, we're getting off track. They nailed that. Well, I, no, I actually, no, I will defend Jake to a bit. If you saw Batman v Superman, it does make Suicide Squad of passable film. <laughs> this is very true. Batman v Superman is terrible. Batman v Superman is not a very good movie, but it's way better than Suicide Squad. Now, this is me saying I actually kind of like Suicide Squad, but that's only because I like really, really bad movies. One I person agree. who was supposed to kill people, you know, the lady with the sword, is the one person who doesn't kill people in Batman v Superman. Yeah, okay. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, that, all right. I'm sorry. My comic nerd all is right. showing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, yeah. No, that's all right. We're debating already. We haven't even gotten to the nerd fight yet. This is going to be fun. I know. It's, this is, yeah. This is why gotta, this is a great show. <laughs> guys. Because it goes for two and a half hours? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Skip to the end goes almost two hours. Uh, and yeah. there's this huge show. In All right. So All right. Number two. Number two for me is a 2010 film called Rubber. Anybody oh, I heard, heard of, of this one? Yes. It's a. Uh, it's about a tire that comes to life and kills people with its psychic powers. <laughs> Those parts of the movie are good. The rest of it is garbage. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the trailer for it. It's <laughs> that's it's pretty. It's great. ripe for this, guys. Yeah, it is, no, it, totally it is, is ripe for riffing, and so I rest my case right there. I mean, it's a tire with psychic powers. Yeah, Suicide Squad would be much better than Rubber, but Rubber would be fantastic. So, have you guys yeah. seen Rubber? No, no, but I've seen the commercials. I've seen I've seen the tire rolling down the hill as people flee from it because it's going to kill them this white wall tire right did yeah. you see it jake uh no just the trailer okay so so, so you, the parts with the tire the second movie. movies that i want them to do not it doesn't have to be movies i've seen uh you need so, to know from personal experience I I, i'm stepping i'm gonna step in and, and defend jake because the parts with the tire killing people are fantastic that's only about like a third of the movie. The rest of it's this weird existential, wacky, weird thing that's a complete waste of time. So it's absolutely worthy. I, I will defend Jake's pick. Yeah. I, I'm not arguing that his movies aren't worthy. <laughs> I'm saying he should have watched them before bringing them to the table. Yeah? Yeah. Is that, that, no, these are the ones I want to miss. I have watched all the movies that Guys, I'm bringing to the table. If I watched it before Mystery Science Theater 3000, did I'd just be wasting my time. Oh, my goodness. Okay, number Even one. Even though I watched my number one pick, but we'll number get to one. that. Dave, number one. Oh, number one. Okay, so I had to clear this with you guys to make sure you don't know the people involved. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I know, like, I, I've been very careful about mocking this movie too much because I have friends who know the filmmakers behind this movie. Um, but it is a film that you can't find, except I found a bootleg of it on YouTube. It is 2014's The Lock-In. And, um, wow, what's the best way to describe this movie? It's a movie about three teenage boys in a youth group who go to a church lock-in, and they somehow end up having sneaking in a, a demon-possessed porno mag, and it turns into a found-footage horror film. This wow. sounds fantastic. This sounds like the reasons my parents use for not allowing this sounds, me to go to lock-ins in my This youth. sounds like it would not get a very plug, good plugged-in rating, I'll <laughs> like, tell you that much. No, this I'm is not, a Christian film. This is absolutely a Christian, a Christian film. This is a Christian it's film. All, yeah, the demon a, porno mag and all. Yes. See, I'm not, even, I'm not even mentioning the studio because they're fairly well-known in some circles, so I'm just going to be nice because you can't find the trailer on YouTube. They don't list the movie on their resume on their website. You can wow. find a Facebook page that has a couple pictures and promo posters, but that's it. Everybody else like is running for the hills from yeah, this thing. Yeah, you know what it was? It, they probably laid the original copy on the bed, the demon bed. <laughs> on the demon bed. Yeah, yeah. and it ate it. Well, it, 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 is, it is filled with plot holes, inconsistencies that make no sense. It's very clear they filmed it over a weekend in some church that they borrowed. Oh. And I know for a fact that the producer slash director told someone, oh, I have to be really careful how I talk about this because I know way too much about it, um, said, hey, we're going to go make Were it you this an weekend. extra on this movie? No, no. However, if you've gone to church, you've gone to youth group, you'll see a bunch of tropes that you're going to laugh yourself silly at for about the first 15 minutes. And then it's all downhill. But <laughs> there were, the guy's like, we're going to go make this over the weekend. You can't make this like overnight. Well, well Paranormal Activity did. They planned for a year first. And the <laughs> acting really shows... It's very clear that the budget, they didn't have, like, the budget to break any glass. So as the kids are trying to escape from the demon porno whatever thingy, they're taking chairs <laughs> to a window. But they can't afford to replace the window. So it's very half-heartedly trying to break the window. It, it is a truly <laughs> phenomenal <That is> film. Awesome. <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah, I think, yeah, no, no joke. There were lock-ins at my church when I was in junior high, but my parents wouldn't let me to go, even though like youth pastors would sleep on the stairs to make sure because they're like, "You kids are ninjas. You'll be like back flipping over yeah. the the people on the stairs and going off to do stuff with de demon porn mags." That's well, not how my parents thought. Yeah. <laughs> love you, Dad. Love you, Mom. Um, well, the primary reason I'm okay talking about it is I'm one of the three people who paid the five dollars for the digital download for the movie, so I proudly own it. Movie party yes. over your place. Yeah, let's uh, let's set that up. You know, speaking of movies that have disappeared, uh, I've been trying to set up a Battlefield Earth viewing with some friends. It's been scrubbed from the internet. Literally, I had to buy a copy from Goodwill in Indiana who was selling it on eBay. <laughs> now, that's the John Travolta movie. The John right? Travolta movie. Yeah, where he's an know, alien. Where he's a Cylon. That's based yeah. on an L. Ron Hubbard book. I, I can't imagine yeah. why Scientology wouldn't want that out there. Right. It's one of the, it's supposed to be one of the, the, the big bombs of all time because they had a massive budget for it. And it was made by Scientologists in Hollywood. I mean, it's just supposed to be a mess. And they've done a lot of work. And you can't find it anywhere on the internet. That's a shame. Except for eBay. Thank you, eBay. <laughs> for... <laughs> all right. Number one. I'm, I'm next. Yeah, right? Paul's next. Okay. My number one movie is In the Name of the King. Oh, my goodness. We this have actually... to have Uva Bull. We have to have Uva Bull on this list. Well, exactly. Exactly. This list would not be complete without him. He is a... He is a what would you call it? A, a visionary. <laughs> <laughs> That's generous. Yeah. So In the Name of the King was one of the very first movies I actually reviewed for Plugged In. Oh, nice. And it was... I still I, – I liked it so much that I had to buy a copy of it. You bought a copy? I bought a copy. I'm pretty sure it's free on Netflix. That's where I watched Well, it. see, this was in the days before Netflix. My, my It was iteration. not in the days before Netflix. Yeah, well, anyway, anyway, it's a it's a fantastic movie. It has, has these ninja swordsmen who twirl out of trees on these strangely materializing carpets – and it has these slave scenes where, where people are hammering at rocks. And then this guy sidles up to a, to a woman and says, hey, so where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> it has Burt Reynolds in a dying scene. It has, oh, it's, it's pretty great. Jason, Jason Statham, Statham yeah. phoning it in. The best Dogs. thing about that is that the action, you can tell their stunt people weren't that great because Jason Statham obviously and clearly had to work at half speed. So there are action sequences and he's almost like, stumbling because of how slow he has to go so that they can keep up with him it, it is phenomenal yeah yeah it's yeah it's it is it is a work of art in its own very disturbed way all right number one for me 
is a film known as one of the most deadly films, actually most dangerous, not deadly, one of the most dangerous films of all time. And you've actually watched this This one, one right? I have actually seen, and it's called Roar. I have heard of it. Yeah. I wanted it, to catch it at the draft house, and I missed it. Ah, uh, bummer. This one I actually did find at the library originally when now I watched Nicole it. Now, it's Nicole Kidman, right? It is not Nicole Kidman. Tippy Hedren. Tippy Hedren. Yeah, Tippy Hedren okay. and, okay, and okay. Melanie Griffith. Um, so this was like a passion project for Tippy. She like had all these animals. Cause she was a very big animal rights, big activist, animal right? rights activist. So she's got it in her head that she would make this film all about animals and how lions and how amazing <laughs> they are. And they're like, we're actually just going to use real lions and we're going to have people in here. 70 people were injured in the making of this film. Like one of the producers had to like have his scalp stitched back on with like 80 stitches melanie griffith had to get facial reconstructive surgery and they just filmed this like so you're watching the movie and a lot of these uh, real attacks are just in the film and and so it's just like an hour long of watching people truly terrified for their lives (sighs) running away from lions and tigers and panthers and then in the final five minutes oh they just wanted to be friends with us they didn't want to hurt us like it makes this complete flop at the end to try to be this like kumbaya animals are great lions aren't deadly. Meanwhile, so, by that time the whole the whole cast is terrified of them, them all. It took them ten years to make this movie. Ten years. Wow. Yeah, that's a long well time. Worth, I'm not lying. Well worth watching. Oh, thank you, Dave. Thank that was you. bad. That was bad. And with that terribleness, we have to make our definitive top three. All right. We have to make our definitive top three. So for our number three, we have Slamajama from Paul. We have The Marine from Dave. And we have Deathbed from myself. You know, I, I actually vote for Deathbed. I, I think yeah, just the yeah. alone. Even though you totally cheated putting it on there, Deathbed, the bed that eats, you got to put it in there, right? I I think so. I mean, you guys had worthy picks there. Slamajama, I'm oh, yeah. sure, is going to be terrible. But when you have a demon... Conjuring yeah. up a bed so he can kill a woman yeah. in coitus. I mean, that screams Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah, if they could show it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it might have some issues here and there. All right, number two, I picked the film Rubber. Paul had the film Suicide Squad, and Dave had the film The Last Airbender. Mm. All right, so here, here, I actually, out of all of those three, I actually vote for The Last Airbender because that is a truly awful film. And I would love to see it get torn to shreds yeah. by the MST3K crew. It's like the only way to make it palatable. It's the only way. Yeah, because yeah, no. I couldn't even make it through five minutes of it. See, I I am – yeah. And see, I guess that's the thing is is I'm still kind of curious about seeing it actually because I've never seen The Last Airbender. I would – I thought it looked pretty interesting. But the fact that both of you guys say it is so, so, so terrible makes me think, yeah, it's going to be pretty bad. And, and – you know, I'd of course vote for Suicide Squad, but since you liked for some reason the first third of the movie, it's way it's... better than the first third of Airbender. That's for sure. All right, we'll go Last Airbender. I'm I'm voting for that as well. <laughs> All right, the Last Airbender comes in at number two, and for our number one pick, we have we have some doozies here. We've got Roar, which is a film that uh, is infamous for almost ruining the lives of 70 people we have the lock-in which is famous for demon pornography magazines terrorizing children inside of a church <laughs> that description alone. i think that just won it didn't it <laughs> I, I can't even make a case for in the name of the king which is a terrible you film bull. you that's the argument right there <laughs> the worst filmmaker of our age he needs oh, a place on our definitive but list he, does he can he beat a demonic pornographic magazine terrorizing a church. And there are so many – there are inconsistencies that no, once see, you think about it after seeing it, you can't already, even talk about the film on the show. No, we've already got demon porn in there because we've got the, <laughs> the bed. It, the, <laughs> the yeah, there is bed. a theme in our list here. Yeah, so I don't think we can do two we've got a children. We've got one children's film yeah. and potentially two demon porn films. No, I, I still vote for In the Name of the King. <laughs> uh I think I'm the tiebreaker on this one, and it's the lock-in. <laughs> man, see if I vote Sorry, for you Jason this... Statham. You uh... narrowly avoided making our list. There you have it. Okay. The definitive fanboy know-it-all top three wow. movies that we want to see on Mystery Science Theater 3000. And to be fair, we're not, saying, we're, we're not saying to go see these movies cold. Just don't. Don't, don't do that. Friends, don't yeah. do that to each other. 
Yeah. Content caveat with Dave Minkus. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Wow. Okay. Moving on into our main event, Nerd Battle. This is a new segment, and uh, we're going to see how it goes. We're going to see if Paul... In honor of a guest star, actually, yeah, because, yeah. Uh, because we can't do a nerd battle just with... Just bet- Well, we nerd battle all the time, but this is official. Yeah, this is this, official. This I'm is keeping score. For all the marbles, this is Around the Horn meets uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? That's right. Yeah, so Paul is going to be our judge and moderator. Yeah. Uh, Dave and I are going to battle through three rounds. We've got three setup questions for our topic. And Paul is going to randomly shout numbers between zero and one hundred, uh, or <laughs> or other numbers if I so decide, or other numbers if he so decides. Because and I'm in control. Those, I'm the scorekeeper. Those insane numbers, based on our good or bad point, our good or bad points, will determine the winners of each round. And so we will have an emerging victor once the dust settles and the blood has all been spilt. Yeah, and Jake, that, that explanation deserves a five. <laughs> oh, uh, five is the highest score that you can get in Calvin Ball right now. So, <laughs> our topic... <laughs> our topic of the day is VidAngel. For those of you who are not familiar with VidAngel, it is a movie streaming service that you buy films from and then have the opportunity to filter them after you've purchased it from this company online and stream it on your own devices. You then sell it back to, you have the option to sell it back to VidAngel. So thereby circumventing the rule that says that people are not allowed to filter movies that they don't own. But since you buy it from VidAngel and then own it, you're allowed to filter it and then sell it back unfiltered because these are digital filters unfiltered to VidAngel so they can sell it to somebody else. They uh, are a young company. They've been around, what, a year now, right? Uh, yeah. A little over a year and a half. A couple of years. Um, and they are now locked in a court battle. But before we get to that. Can I just say first, first real quick, I give you, yeah. a, the, the Russian judge gives you a 10 for those mental gymnastics. Yeah, the Russian no, judge no, gives no. me a 10. No, I'm the Russian judge, and I think that's a negative two for too many uses of the word filtering. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so round one for our VidAngel battle, Jake versus Dave. Is VidAngel a good thing? Dave, you start. Morally. Mor- so, okay, I'm, I'm going to surprise you. In a way, I'm going to say yes, absolutely. Oh. There is a place, and I think it's a very important place, for some service to come along that curates content that is appropriate for certain audiences. Um, 72. (laughs) Oh, I've just started. It'll go down. Don't worry. It'll go down. (laughs) Um, So in that regard, I have absolutely zero problem with VidAngel. My problem comes into them, I'm sorry, illegally. Well, we're not getting the illegal. Sorry. Strike that. I I retract that point. Um, There's a moral issue with taking content without the content creator's permission and changing it i'm not talking about legal i'm not talking about ethical i'm talking about morally someone else put hundreds of millions of dollars into these movies even if they put five bucks into it even if i'm talking about the lock-in i'm not i don't want (laughs) the film should stand on its own or it should not stand on its own you shouldn't have to make it more palatable to an audience but why is that why is that a moral problem is my argument because it it may be an ethical problem to say that hey somebody put in this work into a copyrighted thing and you are you are chopping up it in an unethical manner according to the law of the land or even just Eight. according to good ethics but i don't see that as a moral failing to say i want to enjoy a story without certain elements of content that i find morally offensive 15. so from a moral standpoint i don't think that there's actually an issue with this i think from i you know i know we all have different morals but if if my contention with you and your piece of art is a moral issue from a moral standpoint why can't we all just get along and i can watch it in a way that agrees with my morality and you can watch it in a way that agrees with your morality 37 point relativism well uh, no and you, you you bring up a great point in all those uses of the word moral very very good sir um <laughs> yes, <guys>. it, looking <laughs> at it from the morality of someone i will bring up something you mentioned a few weeks ago with deadpool my contention is even a pg-13 deadpool 
would still be offensive to you because I know the character since it's come out. We're talking about a character who in the comics was fighting a bad guy, flew into his uh, the, the pool of the bad guy. They notice there's a mural of naked Avengers. They don't show anything. But Deadpool remarks, wow, nice Mjolnir. Leave that to what you want. But that is a core of the character. I'm a big fan. Uh, call it a moral failing if you want. I enjoy naughty wordplay. And the, from the beginning, that character has been full of that. And so to, con- to, to take that out changes fundamentally what it is. You're making a different point. You're making a point for making it like for the person making the film. That is exactly what I'm doing, sir. Completely yes. changing. I'm talking about me as a viewer. It's not morally wrong for me to go and watch Deadpool and say, I have a problem with the sex scenes, so I'm going to skip those. I'm going to fast forward the sex scenes, or I'm going to have a filter do it for me. And so, so I'm saying I'm not asking for the filmmaker to make anything different than what he's already made. I'm just asking for the room to be morally okay to skip the parts that I don't like. So okay. maybe I'm okay with a sly aside about the size of someone's Mjolnir, but I really don't want to see him using that Mjolnir on anyone. So, okay. So I know I'm supposed to be quiet and, and impartial here, but I, I do have a question for you, Dave. So, so yes. when you're talking about Deadpool, the thing I, I immediately think of is Batman. Now, Batman is written in many different ways. Could you make an argument that Deadpool could also have different sides to his characters, depending on who... um, You know, it doesn't seem like, when you're talking about these fictional characters, it doesn't seem like their characterizations are necessarily immutable. Well, the nature of comics, I would argue, in general, and the fact that there's multiple universes and iterations, uh, means that there's almost endless ways you could mess with these characters if you wanted to yeah i i hear exactly what you're saying but i'm just wondering did you have any thoughts on that as far as deadpool goes i'm, I'm actually going to bring a correlation to superman um i'm gonna okay. I'm gonna, same universe different character because i have a very real world example my primary problem with man of steel is that the version of superman that they created is very consistent with who they created but that character was not superman by bisecting the the lessons that clark learns as a kid between jonathan kent being scared of him you know, being abducted by the government and you need to hide your powers and maybe you should love, have let those kids get killed and then letting Hollow Jor-El later in, the, later in the movie say, no, you have to actually help people because you're a god and blah, 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 as opposed to being raised properly it, according to the 75 years of, of history that we have that, that Jonathan has taught him, you, you need to be scared. You need to hide yourself. That's why there is a secret identity, but you have an obligation to take care of people and save people who need, to be, who, who need that help. And by, by bisecting those two things, that's how we got hobo Superman wandering around like David Banner, not caring if the Earth died or not. And it's it's I'm fine with you changing every aspect of an origin of a character as long as you're true to the core of who that character is. Unfortunately, Deadpool's a pretty dang filthy character. It's, yes, it's but it, there's different levels of it. But by your by, and straw man argument alert. I'm just going to put it out there. By that <laughs> by by that reasoning, why do we not have a vid angel safe version of Debbie Does Dallas? Oh my god. I've never seen Debbie Does Dallas. I haven't so. either. I never will. But if you're going to end up st- taking things and changing what they are at their core, why not just say, "Hey, I don't need to watch that." Well, and that's the uh, you know, that's the decision I've made with Deadpool personally. Like I have a lot of friends and family members who have made a different decision, and but the decision I made is just not to watch it at all. Uh and but there's other places where I haven't done that. And so I think that gets into a pretty interesting argument about, you know, our own personal lines and biases and what we find uh, right or wrong. But all to say, coming back, circling full bore to end round one. Because uh, <laughs> it needs to end at some point. It does need to end <laughs> at some point. To end round one is, uh, is that a moral problem to, you know, for movie filtering, for me to filter that movie if I decided to? If I decided I want all of the the I'm good with all the language and the violence, but I'm not cool with the sex scenes or the strip clubs or whatever, is that a moral problem on my part? Some people might argue yes, I argue no. I think I, I'm going to actually agree with you a little bit. I'm actually going to backhanded agree with you. I think <laughs> that if you're going to take the point of view that your morality is the only morality that matters, then yes, it's absolutely legit and it's absolutely moral to, to roll with Bit Angel. 
if you're going to look at what other people believe and just try to have that, that common courtesy without trying to sound attacking or anything, yeah. but just take that into account, it becomes a lot more murky. All right. Is. What are their points, Paul? All right. This was very close. I thought that uh, you both had some very good points. Jake wins. Woo! How many points? 105.3. Oh, yeah. To 97. All right. I will take round one. <laughs> but now we come to the even messier round. Do you want me to explain my reasoning for that? Sure. Let's hear that. Yeah, no, no. Well, first of all, the numbers are just sort of all pulled out <laughs> of the air. They're line numbers, and that's okay. But I do think I, – I mean, I think it's there's a really compelling argument. I mean, you want the, – the creation – as a person who really appreciates the creative process, I totally resonate with the idea of keeping that creation pure. But I do think that when you're talking, to Dave, about kind of the, the idea of, of – um, if your morality is the only morality that matters, it does seem like – at least as I understand it, VidAngel gives you the the chance to have sort of a, a flexible type of I mean, really everybody is sort of choosing what they're they're comfortable with. So so that was kind of my my rationale. There you go. So Alright, but round two is is it legal? And this Oof. will be an interesting one because it's not been even decided in courts yet whether it is officially legal or illegal. Yeah, it has. <laughs> no, it hasn't. <laughs> All right, here they we haven't go. Even, the court case is in June. <laughs> All right. But go ahead, Dave. No, I think Jake gets to go oh, first. Oh, no, no, I think you get to start because you, start? Dave, start, Dave started last really, time. Yeah, so I think, sure, they might be violating the spirit of the law, but they are obeying the letter of the law as I see it. The letter of the law is that – and apparently <laughs> I've walked right into Dave's trap here. <laughs> so maybe he did some more law school than I did. But – <laughs> sorry, but we're doing a vidcast, so sorry, guys. Says you are only allowed to filter these types of – you're only allowed to filter movies to make any adjustments to them if you own them. You're allowed to kind of do that in the in, in, in property that you own. And VidAngel is selling you these movies. You become the owner. You don't have to sell the movie back to them. That is your choice to sell the movie back to them when you're done with it. So just because, you know, Disney's a little, little – uh, upset has their feelings hurt because it feels to them they're kind of going with the the whole the old argument against you know what was the supreme court justice famously said i know porn when i see it you know <laughs> that's kind of the argument disney's trying to go with here is like no 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 i know it's wrong when i see it when i think vidangels actually found a very clever way to obey the law. They have physical copies of these movies. They buy physical copies of these movies. They make them unavailable when you buy them for anybody else to buy them. And then if you choose to keep it, they'll eventually send you that hard copy that, and you can ask for it anytime you want because it's yours. And if you want to sell it back, then cool. We're all good. All right. All right. What do you have to say to that, Dave? So how much is a used copy? How much is a used copy? Mm -hmm. It ends up costing you. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about something that you've bought. I'm talking about buying something that someone has sold back. So if we're going by the, the right of first sale or second sale, whatever the, the, the term is, that means that VidAngel is rolling in used copies of everything. So how much does a used copy cost? 20 bucks. So it's the same price as a, news co as a new copy. Yeah. Do you know why that is? It's the same reason that no streaming service offers any kind of used digital content. They have not made the arrangements with the studio to be, studio to be able to do something like that. Um, that's that's actually getting into the ethical side of things. My legal standpoint, it, and the reason I was pumping my fists in the air so very hard, <laughs> <laughs> is because if you if you've been following the case, within like the first two days of this coming out, VidAngel's legal counsel has said, "Oh no, we're not Aereo." Now, for those of you who don't know what Aereo is. Aereo was a company that was streaming um, over-the-air signals to people in their homes. So, say, it, it's kind of the idea of a cable company where you buy an, uh, you know, the, the origins of cable were we have a giant aerial sitting on a mountain somewhere, and we're going to run that signal to this neighborhood so we've all paid for it, and it's all legit, and so we can actually do this without breaking the law. Aereo's contention was doing it over the internet by renting individual antennas in various arrays, in central places that have fantastic signal. So by the letter of the law, they were doing a single signal for a single user, for a single customer. No one else could use that antenna at any point. 
their case went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the reason you don't know why Aereo exists, if what Aereo is, is because it no longer exists. The Supreme okay. Court literally said, you have followed the letter of the law from top to bottom, but we think you've broken the spirit of the law, so you're out. Mm, very interesting. I disagree with the Supreme Court on this one. <laughs> what happened to go. disagree? Now, from, from a, a an idealistic standpoint, would I love to be able to buy digital used copies? Holy crap. Do you have any, no, any, any idea how many voodoo movies I wish I could dump off and trade in for something else? Oh my gosh, I'd do it in a heartbeat. But there's no impetus and no incentive for the studios to do that because people are paying for the price, either buying it directly from the services like Amazon or Voodoo or Fandango Now or whatever, or they're buying the DVDs that come with the digital copy. So there's no impetus for them to even make that kind of a concession. Without that concession, without that agreement, they're not following the law. Because I, I promise you... selling physical copies that you just happen to be able to stream your own digital copy of. So it's like having your own antenna that you can stream CBS, Fox, and NBC <laughs> to your house. Yep. Yeah. Guys, the Supreme Court's wrong on this one. I will, I will go talk to Justice Gorsuch myself. <laughs> all right. All right. So are we done with this? <laughs> Round two okay. in the books. Okay. So... I'm in a delicate position here <laughs> because one of my employers once got quite a bit of money from VidAngel. So I, I'm I'm going to That's always surprised you guys were ready to roll with this. I'm really shocked and I'm thrilled to have the conversation. Yeah, yeah so I the, the score is Dave hundred and twenty, Jake ten. Oh but Jake wins. <laughs> <laughs> As an impartial person not employed by Paul's employer, I can confirm that Dave did indeed score more points than Jake in this round and has, in fact, won round two of this nerd battle, <laughs> even though I just still disagree and I'm planning on taking this all the way to the Supreme Court. VidAngel, give me a call. Uh, I'm an excellent um, at nothing. But super passionate about the fact that the Supreme Court was wrong on Aereo and is going to be wrong on you if they decide. Yeah, unfortunately. You. Well, that's before <laughs> well, you even get into the clean flick side of things, legal, too. I think the Supreme Court actually is the final authority on that. What was that, Dave? And that's before you even get into the clean flicks thing, too, which was they were doing literally what you were doing where you could rent or buy the, the physical copy that was edited as well. And they got sued into oblivion, too. So that's the other precedent that's makes right, it doubtful. So, so well, uh, now, we see, clean flicks, I thought you were renting. But I never used them, and yeah. I was young. It, it, the the thing is that the legalities are, have still officially have to be determined. I mean, it's still got to go, and, yes, and the, there's got to be a rule decided. But but it does. I think that there are some very interesting legal questions of, of revolving around this case for sure. So it, it's a bummer for me because there's a bunch of movies that I totally would watch if you know. But only... not Deadpool. Only VidAngel. No, yeah, not, not Deadpool. Deadpool. Not Deadpool. Um, all okay. right. So our round three is on the ethics, if I'm not mistaken, oh. of Which this. this one may have some similarities to the first question. I think so. I think we are kind of treading on, you know, it's it, it can be difficult for people to parse out. I think it's a combination of the both, actually. Yeah. So, uh, Dave, you may, you may lead on this one. Okay. What is the question? So we did morally is uh, – this is a good thing. So should – well, I guess we did kind of talk about this. Yeah. Should movies ever be filtered is yeah. the question. And my answer is yes. Absolutely. Airplane cuts exist all the time. Made-for-TV cuts exist from top to bottom. What's the difference between that and what VidAngel is doing? The studio, the, pro the pro content producer, the content owner has entered into an agreement with those airlines, with those entities, to allow this to be made. What VidAngel is doing is not asking anyone's permission they're asking forgiveness. Actually, no, they're not even asking forgiveness. They're not asking forgiveness, though they did say that they tried to contact all these companies in advance and that were ignored by all of them. Because they have no reason to say, yeah, used copies are cool. We can make more money with new. So there's no reason for them to want to even be able to do it. But they also didn't say no. <laughs> all right. So, so we're, we're on a Christian podcast, right? So ethically, <laughs> were they wrong? <laughs> Ethically, were they wrong when they said, hey, here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do. Do you have any problems with this? And they were not told that there were any problems with this until they started going and started gaining momentum. Oh, yeah. This is, I, this is, this is a what, tricky. No, 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 Dave. What? I, I disagree. I think they were lining their ducks up so they could sue VidAngel into oblivion as soon as the first chance they get. Why would they do that? That costs them money. 
So I do think as moderator, I do have to say that I think we're getting off point because the question yeah, yeah. is is whether film should ever be filtered. Dave, you say yes. Jake, what I, say you? I agree. I with say Dave. yes with I, caveats. Yeah, he says yes with caveats. I say yes as long as you're following the laws it's written. Well, I want to let you give your point, and there's one final point I would like to make outside. All right. So no, no, go ahead and, and render your verdict, sir. You know, since you both sort of agree on the on the yeah. point, I would I would say that it is a tie. Um, Dave, you come ahead on points just because you talked more. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he outscored me in the second round. No. Yeah. So I think that deems. Yeah. Dave, yeah. I think it was a tie. I think it was a tie. I think it's important to note. I don't think either of us really planned on changing the other person's mind so much. Yeah. This is just a very important discussion well, it's, to it's have. It's a really important thing. And, and, and honestly, I see it. I see it both ways from the creator's point of view. You don't want that creation muddled up. When I write a book, I don't necessarily want people ripping things out that they don't like out of my book. You know, I want it to be something that, that represents me and what I want to communicate. So I totally get that. But as a dad, I also understand sometimes the need to fast forward through certain scenes that are problematic. And, you know, although I do have questions about the legality of what VidAngel is doing, um, I think that I always favor giving power to to parents or to people who might be troubled by certain types of content. So it's a really it's a really difficult question, and I think both of you guys performed admirably. Well, and the crux behind my entire thought, and that's what I probably should have brought this up in the moral side of things, is that I really feel like I don't know if you guys are actually making this a Christian show, or it's just we're all Christians and it's all good, so that's what we talk about. Yep. From either side of things, I feel like if if you if you aren't getting what you want out of Christian films, you should demand better dadgum Christian films. Stop putting up with the crap that keeps getting shoved down our throats. And you know how old is the term Jesus chunk? Thirty, forty years old. There's a reason. So if you're not going to demand, and part of that demand is also supporting films that are theologically sound and are challenging and may not be fun, like Silence, like Tree yeah. of Life. So that's yeah. that's really where I come down on the thing. You know, I, and I tell you what, Dave, I think that this would be another, we are going to have to have you on again just to talk about that point because I think, I think that there's some really provocative areas that we could go with on that con conversation for sure. Yeah. I think we should and talk about you, good Christian movies because there are good ones out there. There are good Christian there are. movies. There are, there are even good Christian movies that are labeled Christian movies, I would submit. I would be interested to hear that, but we'll save that for another conversation. <laughs> We'll say that for another conversation and not this nerd battle, but this has been the very first nerd battle. More to come. Yes. Thank you so much, Dave. Now, moving on to the most least important thing segment. We like to wrap up every show this way to say, hey, what's the most least important thing you've seen this week? Whatever that means. <laughs> Dave, why don't you kick us off? <laughs> it hasn't come out yet. Actually, it will have just come out by the time this post. Is it going to go up tomorrow? or? Uh, we uh, will go up here in a couple Next days. Week. So this okay, movie, okay uh, so it'll just come out. It is a truly magical film. In some ways, it could belong on that MST3K list, but the fate, <laughs> of, the, the fate of the Furious will have just come out. And Are oh. you guys familiar with this, fran this, this franchise at all? I yeah. am familiar with this the franchise. This is number eight for them, right? It is. It's number eight. And, and Vin Diesel is already talking about more Academy Awards for this. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, total, you know, to be clear, before I saw Fast Five, the only one I'd seen was Tokyo Drift and swore I'd never watch another one of these movies. Because <laughs> it was so bad. And but then I heard a podcast. Right? What? They're kind of fun, aren't they? It I mean, was, they make that, a gazillion dollars. Each that was one. So. Dumber in a bag of rocks. Like I know, <laughs> I know firsthand that at some point they just cut the visual effects budget because we're going to make this amount of money, so you don't need to do anything more. I'm not at liberty <laughs> to say how I know this, but I know it to be a fact. But <laughs> I heard her. <clears throat> excuse me. I heard a review with Bill Simmons and Adam Carolla talking about Fast Five and how bug nuts insane it was. See, I, I avoided the explicit tag. Um, <laughs> that just the laws of physics don't matter, and so I had to go see this in the theater. And within the first 10 minutes, I was laughing my full head off just in joy of the insanity on display and screen. You're supposed to believe that the mountain of muscle that is The Rock <laughs> is remotely, remotely intimidated by five foot six Vin Diesel in this neck fat roll. It is phenomenally stupid, phenomenally entertaining. And outside of the gratuitous booty bikini shots, 
is just fun from top to bottom. Like it, you have to check your brain at the door if you're in for that kind of movie. So I saw it and then I made my wife watch it. I was like, just watch the first 10 minutes. And if you don't want any more, that's fine. She watched through the whole thing and we saw the next two in the theater and we're going to see Fate of the Furious next weekend because that's our date night tradition now. Because of how <laughs> stupid fun these movies are. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. So yeah, see, my wife's a big fan of the very first one, um, but has not seen any of the others and like now is annoyed with them, even though she loves the first one. Hmm. Like it's one of, I think, her favorite movies. She used to have a crush on Vin Diesel and she'll kill me for saying that. But... <laughs> Fury, Furious 7 has The Rock break out of his arm cast by flexing, before he's fle which is predicated by him saying, Daddy's got to work. Flex crunch. Oh, it's a thing of beauty. Watch it yeah, it, it is tempting. It is tempting. <laughs> All right, Paul, uh, your most least important thing. Okay, this this is something. I have not gotten as excited for just a mere trailer in a long, long time. I saw... Thor, and correct me, Dave, I know you know all the pronunciations for this. Thor Ragnarok? Yes, sir. Oh, oh my goodness. That trailer looks absolutely off the hook. Kate Blanchett. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. <laughs> oh, it just, it looks. Thor with a totally, haircut. Yeah. It, it, I, there's something in, in the 70s font that they use. It's like the, Guardians. Of I, the I was going to say, I'm willing to forgive them blatantly and brazenly biting off of guardians of the galaxy because of how fun this trailer looks yeah the the trailer made this movie a thor movie look like the must watch movie of the summer yeah. especially if it's followed up with planet uh world war hulk oh we are in for some goodness yeah. <laughs> i've been super impressed like as you know my 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 job being marketing and social media marketing and all that i've been super impressed with the digital uh trailers that they've been doing for thor ragnarok and teasing you know whether it's with his roommate oh yeah part one and part two i said <laughs> like i forced my family to watch actually the very the part one actually yeah. where he's introducing his roommate yeah uh, it was just i great. mean just their their willingness to laugh at themselves to kind of acknowledge the the funny things that you know the inconsistencies of yeah where is thor during all of this like, like, and then to come out with this teaser so close to Guardians of the Galaxy and have that whole vibe in it, like they're they're like we just don't care. We just we're just going to entertain you. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and and that's one thing I love about the the current Marvel universe. You know, you have the Captain America movies that are super serious and 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 dark and gritty in their own Marvel type way, and then you have this Thor movie just looks insane. It just almost looks like a spoof of itself, but I think it really works. It does. My wife is, is, uh, her, she says her, she's, a, she's holding off. She doesn't know if she likes it yet or not, but I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Marvel's doing interesting things, especially when you figure in the Fox stuff between, because Fox is kind of more in the Netflix realm of things where they're taking more chances with Logan. I don't know if you guys have watched Legion. That thing is, insane i did see yeah, i did see that's pretty bonkers yeah and i gotta watch the rest of it but they're trying new stuff so i mean they're beating dc on every stinking front poor dc well, that's another podcast yes yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. DC. no no you're good <laughs> all right so for me it's i'm gonna end the show on a sad note for all of you who wanted the NES classic that blew up and was super Not popular, literally. it didn't blow up literally, but everybody wanted to get one because everybody loves classic Nintendo games. It's being discontinued. What? They were they were plagued by demand. They couldn't make enough, and uh, now like so people couldn't get them, and now they're just they're just packing up shop on them. But on the see thing. that that is totally insane. Who says okay, this product is too popular? We're going to stop making it. Nintendo. Hmm. Yeah, that does make. There sense. are other ways to play classic Nintendo games, but this one was bringing it to the masses who don't want to get a Raspberry Pi. Yeah, just and... just you saying this, talking about this story, yeah. makes me want to play Zelda now. You know, nah. the very first Zelda game. So, and, and okay, I'm just looking at what they're going for on eBay right now, just to kind of get an idea of the of the um, the demand still. And I think they're going for like two hundred, three hundred dollars still. Yeah, three hundred dollars still. So. I mean, it's not like there isn't a demand out there for this thing. And so, what Nintendo make a stupid decision? The heck you say? Right. <laughs> like, hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna launch a console in 2017 with no virtual console, and then you know this retro console that 
like we can't make enough of these because so many people want them. We're just going to stop making it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't quite understand that, but stranger things have happened as Jake and I both know. <laughs> uh, so there you have it for the most least important thing. And for the episode five of a fanboy and a know-it-all talk pop culture, be sure to catch up with us on our Facebook group. It is called pop culture with fan people and know-it-alls. I'll just give a little shout out to the fact that if you want to get started on that conversation about, Christian movies and whether or not there should be, we should demand that they be better or whether or not we should get rid of the Christian genre in general. Dave has already posted about that on our group. And so you can go join the conversation there. And we promise that we'll be bringing Dave back to talk about that more. Dave, thanks so much for joining this uh, crazy little thing we call a podcast. My pleasure, gentlemen. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And that's it for me. I'm Jake. I'm Paul. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Peace. Bye.